Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God, as we find written in St. Matthew's Gospel, reading there in the 27th chapter, the second verse. And when they had bound him, they led him away, and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Lord Jesus, open thou my lips that my mouth may show forth thy praise. Amen. Good evening, dear friends in Christ Jesus. I hope that you are glad to be here. I am. It's nice to finish up a day and to come into God's house. Several of you mentioned to me that this is the first Wednesday night that we've had rather fine weather that last night in the ice and the sleet you thought of last night as being a Wednesday night. But we are here in God's house. This is the Lenten season. What we're doing each Wednesday night, as you know, we are looking at some of the characters that came into contact with Jesus during Holy Week, especially during the sufferings and death. We are saying to ourselves, if some of these men were alive in our 20th century and they came back, and they told us their story, what would it be like if they understood something of our 20th century? And so far we have had uh, Judas come back, the betrayer, then there was Peter the denier, and then John the beloved disciple, and then we had, last week we had Caiaphas the high priest. And I would just want you to keep this in mind. Caiaphas was the man, you recall, we heard last Wednesday night, who simply uh, concocted the whole scheme of putting Jesus to death. He was the high priest. He was the head of the church. And I want you to keep in mind also tonight that the charge that was brought against Jesus whereby Caiaphas and the members of the Sanhedrin put him to death was this, that he had blasphemed God since under oath he claimed that he was the Son of God. This was blasphemy, and so the church, Caiaphas, as you recall last Wednesday night, sentenced Jesus to death. Now a charge of blasphemy would mean nothing to the Roman government. In fact, the Roman government had told the Jews in that day that they could exercise judgment with their people, with one exception, that they were not allowed to put a man to death. If it came to the death sentence, they would have to have the case reviewed so that the Roman government would pronounce it. And that is the reason why, that even though Caiaphas, who was the high priest, was the one who sentenced Jesus to death, nevertheless he could not carry it out because he was not connected with the Roman government. And so it was decided then, after the trial by Caiaphas, to send Jesus to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, so that he might sentence Jesus to death. And so tonight, if you can relax and think for a moment, we're going to take a look at this man, Pontius Pilate, who was the governor of Syria. We may say to ourselves, I wonder what Pilate would tell us if he were back standing in the pulpit tonight. And I believe on the basis of the word of God that the story of Pontius Pilate would go something like this. He would say, friends, my name is Pontius Pilate. I was the imperial governor of the province of Syria 
That included Judea. I would not have you think that I was a great major power, that I was a great man of authority, because I was not. My position was rather small, and it was rather insignificant. I came and became governor and came to this power about the time that this man you call Jesus began his public ministry. And I know what's on your mind tonight as I stand before you. You are saying, Conscious Pilate, when you knew Jesus was innocent, how in the world could you condemn him to death? Isn't that what you're thinking about me? You are saying, how could you be so cruel as to take a man when you were convinced that he was not guilty of death and then to crucify him? You are saying, Pilate, how could you do it? I'd like to tell you my story, not to defend myself because I have no defense, but I'd like to tell you tonight why I, Pontius Pilate, governor of Judea, why I did sentence this innocent man, Jesus, to death. I want you to know that I hated the Jews and they hated me. They were a group that they were always causing riots in Jerusalem and they were giving me a lot of trouble. I lived over in Caesarea on the Mediterranean Sea. And whenever the time of the Passover came, a Caesar wanted me in the city of Jerusalem to quell any riots because they were always filled with uprisings and hatred. And I detested these fanatical Jews. In fact, one day, in order to show my contempt for them, I went and I put a Roman eagle on top of their temple. And I thought, that's going to show them. And they started a riot, and they made it so troublesome for me that I, I had to take it down. But, oh, I hated them, and they hated me. And then one day, as I recall, it was very early on a Friday morning. It was just as the sun was rising in the east, and I saw a group coming. They were bringing a prisoner to me. And I looked over that crowd and I saw some people that I hated. There was this man, Caiaphas, the high priest, whom I detested. And there were some other chief priests and there were some elders. They were Jews and I hated them and they knew it and they hated me. And I thought to myself, now what have they got? Now what are they doing? They, they brought me a prisoner and they said his name was Jesus. And I looked at him. I had never seen him before. There was something majestic about him. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and I wonder just now what did they have against him. So I took him into my praetorium, my palace, and I told them to come in, but they said, no, we can't come in because it's the time of the Passover, and we dare not step foot inside of a Gentile palace. So you see, I hated them. They were so careful where they were going to walk, and they brought me this man who didn't look like a criminal. And so I left this man, Jesus, inside, and I walked out, and I looked over them, and I said, all right, Caiaphas, and the rest of you, what's the charge you've got against this man? Come on and tell me. And I said, why don't you take him and try him according to your law? And then uh, one of those chief priests said, uh, uh, we, by our law, can't put a man to death. 
Then I realized that they were out for blood. I realized they had brought me this man. They were expecting me to pass the death sentence. And I wondered about it. So I looked at them and I said, All right, give me the accusation. What's the charges that you have against this man? And then this man, Caiaphas, and some of the chief priests, they started to talk and said, Why, this man is a subversive. This man's a revolutionary. This man stirs up the nation. This man tells us that we're not to give tribute. We're not to pay taxes to Caesar. This man simply says that he's a king. I looked at those cutthroats and I hear them. You mean to say this man says that he's a king? So I said, you wait here. And I went back into my praetorium and I looked at this Jesus. And he sure didn't look like a king to me. And I looked at him and I said, are you, are you the king of the Jews? And he looked at me and he was very polite. And he said, are you asking me this as Pontius Pilate or are you asking me this in the Jewish sense? And I looked at him and I became rather scared. I said, am I a Jew? Do you think I'm a Roman that I'm a Jew, Jesus? I'm no Jew. Uh, they have said that you claim to be a king. And then he said, uh, my kingdom is not of this world, Pilate. Uh, if my kingdom were of this world, uh, then my ser servants and my soldiers would fight. Uh, Pilate, my, my kingdom is... From heaven. And I wondered what this Jesus was talking about. But I looked back at him and I said, But you are the king then, are you? You claim to be a king? And he said, Yes, Pilate, I am a king. For this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness of the truth. And Pilate, everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. And he started talking about truth. And I looked at him and I thought, What is truth, Jesus? Who knows what truth is? Everybody's guessing. Nobody knows what truth is. We live and we die. We don't know what truth is. But you know, there was something about him. There was something that bothered me. He looked straight at me and I was a little fearful. I went back out and here was this man, Caiaphas, and the chief priest. And I said, I find no fault in this man. This man's innocent. Now what I want you to do, you Jews, you take him and you try him by your law and you take care of him. And then this man, Caiaphas, that I detested, he told him to start shouting. He said, this man, he perverts the nation. This man's a seditionist. Why, this man, he perverts all Judea beginning up in Galilee to this place. And I thought, oh, oh Galilee, ah. I'll show these cutthroats they're not going to get me to condemn this innocent man. They may think that I'm afraid of them, the mob, but I'm not going to do it. When I heard Galilee, I thought, ah, oh, oh, that gives me an idea. A Herod, who is the governor of the king up in Galilee, he happens to be in Jerusalem at this time. He and I have had a falling out, and he doesn't think much of me, and I don't think much of him. But maybe it make him feel good if I sent this Jesus. And I said, uh, is this Jesus from up in Galilee? And they said, yes. Yeah. I said, all right, soldiers. And I called him. I said, you take him to Herod. I, just so you may know, this was the Herod that uh, beheaded John the Baptist. He was a cutthroat from the word go. His father was the one, you remember the story down in Bethlehem when they killed the little boys. It was his father that did that. So I thought, well, I, I'm getting rid of this case. So I told my soldiers, take him to Herod. Herod has the jurisdiction in Galilee. Let's see what he's going to say. 
I thought I was pretty smart. I thought, well, these Jews, they think they're going to take advantage of me and I'm going to put an innocent man to death. I'll show them and they hate me and I hate them. I'm not going to put this Jesus to death and I'll let Herod go. So I sat down and I relaxed and I thought, well, that's a good way to get rid of that. And you know it wasn't very long before I saw him coming back. And I wondered, and I said to my soldier who had charge, I said, what happened? He said, why, this prisoner, Jesus, didn't say a word in front of Herod. Herod wanted him to do some kind of a miracle, and Herod wanted him to say something, and he didn't say a word. And then he, my soldier told me, he said, Herod put a gorgeous robe on him, and he made fun of him, and he laughed at him, and then he called himself a king. And, but Jesus, he says, never said a word, and Herod said, take him back to Pilate. Well, you know, that made me feel kind of good at that, that... Herod, who was my enemy, that he sent him back to me, that he recognized my authority. And so I thought, now what am I going to do for these cutthroats? This man's innocent. This man is not an insurrectionist. This man is not a seducer. He's not one that's overthrown the government. Now, what'll I do? Then I had a good brain throb, and I remembered that each time at the Passover feast it was my custom to release a prisoner to them and they reminded me of that so I thought I'll get the better of you cutthroats oh you fanatical Jews that you want me to put this man to death so I told my soldiers get me the worst criminal we have and they said well uh, Pontius Pilate that would be Barabbas that murderer you know that when you lock him up this man that had killed and uh, this man that everybody was afraid of and how the Jews were so glad you locked him up uh, how about uh, Barabbas and I said that's the one to get you get Barabbas so they brought Barabbas out and we of course had him bound and so I told him put Barabbas over here and then I took Jesus and I stood him over here and then I looked out at that bunch of cutthroats and I said now you know it's my custom at the feast of the Passover to release one of the prisoners and I've got two up here and I thought there would be no doubt I thought Caiaphas here's where I'm going to get the best of you I know these people are what they're going to do they'd never call for Barabbas but you know that cutthroat Caiaphas and those chief priests that began to mumble ask for Barabbas ask for Barabbas don't forget ask for Barabbas when I said which of the two do you want me to release you know that mob yelled give us Barabbas now what am I going to do? Then I walked over and I said, well, what should I do with Jesus? And they said, crucify him! Crucify him! Then I know those dirty cutthroats were out for blood. Now what am I going to do? Just about that time, my wife, your Bible doesn't tell her name, but her name was Procula. She came to me and she says, Pontius, I've had some horrible dreams about this man. And because I have, I'm afraid for you. You watch out what you don't you have anything to do with him. You watch what you do with this, Jesus. I've had some miserable moments and dreams. And then I'm a superstitious Roman, and believe you me, I got I got rather nervous about them. So now what am I gonna do? Now how am I gonna I I'm not gonna let this bunch of cutthroats make me put this man Jesus to death when I know that he's innocent. They're not going to frighten me, but they yell, Crucify him, crucify him. I thought, no. Well, I thought I'll throw this whole thing on them. So I told one of my soldiers, bring me a bring me a basin of water. So he brought me a basin of water and I had him put it right down so this mob could see it. 
Then I started to wash my hands. And I washed my hands and I looked out at them and I said, I am innocent of the blood of this man. And he says, you see to it, not I. I'm washing my hands. And they yelled, his blood be on us and on our children. That's all right. You know, your man Shakespeare had me in mind when in Lady Macbeth he has Lady Macbeth, you know, wash her hands after she had committed murder. You remember that she washed her hands, remember that? And she says, out, damn spot, out. And then she smelled her hand and she said, here's still the smell of blood. You see, water wouldn't wash it off as Shakespeare knew. And she said, all oh, the perfumes in Arabia will not make sweet this little hand. You see, I thought by water I could chloroform my soul. I thought by washing my hands I could get freed from the guilt of this man. You see, you know something better than a bowl of water. You know something about a, a fountain of blood, don't you? You in your 20th century, you sing a song. Uh, there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty state. But I thought I could do it with water. You can't wash. You can't wash the blood of a man off with water. And then when they said, we don't care, let his blood be on us and on our children. Crucify him! Crucify him! And I thought, now what am I going to do? You ask Pontius Pilate, how could you do it? Well, I'm trying to tell you my story. Oh, I'm not defending myself. You want to know how I could put an innocent man to death? Well, let me tell you I tried everything. I didn't want to put him to death. And then I, I thought, well, now I'll, I'll let him suffer a little. And maybe if I just punish him a little bit and I don't go all the way, maybe that'll satisfy these fanatical, bloodthirsty Jews. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to scourge him. Let me tell you a little bit about scourging. We Romans like to scourge people. Usually we had a rod and then we had three leather straps on the one rod. And on the end of each leather strap we had a lead thong all filled with points. So that whenever you would hit a man it would give three stripes on his back and the thongs would cut into the flesh. If you gave him 13 of those there were 39 stripes and that was one less than 40. And I said, scourge him. So they brought him out, this Jesus. We buried his back and I told my soldier, go ahead. And he started in one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten and eleven and twelve and thirteen. You should have seen his back. He was bleeding. 
all the flesh was doused. And I thought those dirty fanatics, if they want blood, maybe that'll satisfy. Then my soldiers, they took some thorns and they pleated it into a crown. They put a crown on his head and they took a radio and they hit him on the head and then they put a robe on him and they spit on him. And they laughed at him and they bowed. I presented him and I said, Behold your man. That enough! You fanatics, you want blood. Isn't that enough? And they yelled, Crucify him! Crucify him! And I said, Why? What evil have they done? And they said, He should die by our law because he makes himself the Son of God. See, they got back to this blasphemy. Well, that frightened me. He makes himself the Son of God. What am I doing? I just scourged. This man, the Son of God, he's the Son of God. I took him back into my praetorium to talk to him alone. I said, uh, who are you? Who are you, Jesus? Where'd you come from? You know, he didn't answer me. Of course, that made me angry. And I said, listen, I'm Pontius Pilate, Jesus. Don't you know I've got the power to release you and the power to put you to death? You know, the thing that amazed me, he never showed fear. When the mob outside was still crying, crucify him, crucify him, didn't frighten him at all. He was quiet. And he looked at me and he said, the reason you've got power, Pontius Pilate, is because you got it from heaven. If it weren't for God, you wouldn't have any power to put me to death at all. And I was more determined then that I was going to let him go. I want you to know, you may say, Pilate, how can you? I want you to know, I'm not defending my, I want you to know I tried. So I went out and I made up my mind that I was going to release him. I was going to call the Tenth Legion and they'd see to it that everything was all right, no one would harm me. So I went out and there was that man killed. That high priest that I detested, but he knew my weakness. So he looked up at me and he said, anyone that lets this man go isn't Caesar's friend. If you let this man go, who again says you shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar? He's not Caesar's friend. Pilate, if you let him go, what's going to happen to you, Pilate? Then he hit me in my weakness. He knew I was ambitious. He was telling me, Pilate, if you don't put this man to death, I'll see that it is reported to Caesar that this man says you don't pay taxes to Caesar and I'll let Caesar know that you didn't do anything about him, that he made himself a king against Caesar. And Pontius Pilate, you know Caesar doesn't like you too well anyhow. You've had some trouble. What are you going to do now? Pontius Pilate, 
Oh, he hit me where I was weak. Did you ever have that happen? Somebody hits you where you're weak, and then you're so powerless. I saw myself being called back to Rome and either being exiled or put to death. So you want to know why I did it? I'll tell you it was either Jesus or I. That's why when I was a Roman, either he was to die or I. When I made the choice, I decided, well, when it's up to that point, he's going to die, not I. Don't. Oh, don't laugh at me. Don't criticize me too much. How many of you have turned him down for a lot less than your job and a lot less than your position and your place of nobility? How many of you have turned him down for a couple of minutes of pleasure? How many turned him down for a real little thing? Don't throw stones at me. But here's where it were. It was either he or I. Here's what. And so then I decided, well, if it's down to the man, crucify him. And that's when I did it. You want to know why? I tried. I tried. I didn't want to. I know he was innocent. But if it was his life or mine, then it had to be his. You may wonder about me. I only lasted about three more years as governor of Judea. I got into trouble with those fanatical Jews. I had provoked a riot and I had killed some Samaritans and they reported me. And I had to go to Rome and stand before Caesar. And your tradition tells you that Caesar banished me to the Isle of Gaul. There I was in exile alone. And I, I never forgot, even though I was a proud Roman, that I had sent an innocent man to the cross. You may think I forgot it, I didn't. You may call me a moral coward, and I was. Then one day I stood and I realized what I had done. Tried to glorify my soul with water. And you know it, it can only be done by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I came to that place in life where there was nothing left. So I, I drew my dagger. No one was around. And I thought there's only one thing to do. And I took my dagger and I put it in my stomach and I twisted it. Oh, 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 oh. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keeping unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Mm -hmm.